Hello, and welcome to the Harrogate Food Show with me, Ben Wright, from Rudding Park Hotel. Today I'm joined by Sherry Mukajuri, well-known US MasterChef contestant and Instagram recipe developer. She's on the show to teach you how to spice up your dinner. Hey everyone, I'm Sherry Mukherjee. I'm from Rochester, Minnesota, and I was a contestant on season 10 of MasterChef USA. My husband is from India, and I have really developed a love and passion for cooking Indian food and using spice to really flavor flavor my food. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I've uh, I've been really interested in your Instagram and the way you kind of um, introduce yourself into Indian cuisine because it's kind of a, it's a strange way but it's a way that I've done it as well because I've kind of taught myself at the start. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot harder than you think it is when you go into it. Oh, it's so hard. I know um before I met my husband, like I said he's from India, and before I met him I had never even tasted a curry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> living here in Minnesota in America here, um, curry is not really a big thing. Like it just, it's not. And so I never grew up being around curry. My parents never made anything with spice. I mean, ketchup is like the spiciest we ever got. (laughs) (laughs) My family originally comes from either Sweden or, um, Ireland. So kind of some of those foods and, you know, those palates have, have carried on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Indian food over here is absolutely crazy. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's got, we have like British dishes that are Indian, like tikka masala and things like this. Well, yeah, I mean, taking their own name. Tikka masala was was invented in Britain, I believe. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's your national dish, isn't it? Exactly. It's one of my favorite curries of all time. It's a bit cheeky to say that. But But everyone feels that way, even if they don't admit it, everyone feels that way. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I'm just going to ask you about your experience on MasterChef. Is there any kind of things that were really enjoyable, any highlights? I know you went to cook with Gordon Ramsay in London, which is probably quite amazing. Yes, that was really incredible. It was scary, very scary, but it was so cool. I mean, I've been a fan of MasterChef since the very first season, back before I could even cook. Um, over here, there's a TV show called The Worst Cooks in America. And my husband actually had sent in an application for that show for me 10 years ago. And so um, to end up on MasterChef instead of Worst Cooks in America was really, really quite amazing. And I had followed the show. I was a true fan of the show. And when you try out, you never really think you're going to get on. You know what I mean? You show oh, yeah, no. you show up to the audition and there's all these people and they're just crazy beautiful people with beautiful food and you're like yeah they're not gonna pick me. <laughs> <laughs> I could uh, get thrown into something like that. It's a complete change of pace. I reckon it's I couldn't even imagine just going from uh, humble beginnings and then coming out and doing that. Honestly, yeah, it was. It's one of those things you dream about that you sometimes, in the back of your mind, you think like, "Oh, if only this would happen," but you never really think it's going to. But I'm there pretty, I'm pretty excited that it did. <laughs> I can imagine that's it. It's a, I, I, it really helped grow your your social profile. I can imagine. I can't imagine the influence that it's gained you. Oh, it did. I mean, before, like I said, I was a very bad cook. I taught myself. I'm completely self-taught, um, and. I always thought within the past few years, like I was a good cook here in 
in my local area, but no one would take me seriously, you know, like the restaurants in town, whatever. They just think I'm just like this mom with a hobby, you know, and still to some point, they still kind of think that, but I have a little bit more credit now, (laughs) a little bit more cred, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. So I'm going to get started with the first kind of foodie question. Sure. And that was, what would be in your kind of spices starter kit and what would you make with those spices especially? Oh, sure. This is really hard for me because I love spices. So it's so hard for me to like narrow them down. But I think if I was telling somebody the main spices to get, I would go with cumin seeds or cumin powder, something along those lines, some coriander powder, turmeric, ground masala, and a smoked paprika. Like, I think those are my main spices because with those, you can really make a wide variety of cuisines. You can make Indian, you can make Mexican. In fact, sometimes when we go to India, I use a lot of the Indian spices, you know, the coriander, the cumin, and I make fajitas or tacos for my in-laws using chapatis instead of tortillas, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of crossover with those those spices in particular i'd also add like cloves cardamom and cinnamon because you want some of that warm like sweet kind of spice too i say i I love cumin that's like my favorite spice of all time it's just it elevates everything you put in oh yeah it's so good and you know it's one of those spices that when i was on the show they would always be like oh don't use cumin very liberally like it's it's very overwhelming it's very overpowering and i just never feel that way (laughs) i don't know It's that it doesn't have, you can't really relate it to anything else because it's just got that really, really specific flavor. It's like a really warming spice. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes your food taste better, really. Oh, exactly. It's like MSG, basically. Yeah, exactly. Indian MSG. (laughs) Um, So I was just going to ask you about spices with children's food because I know it's a a very kind of um, pushy topic because it's getting that balance right when you're young, you don't overpower it or any kind of adaptations you have to do. So, For myself, I mean, I'm not a medical person. I'm not a doctor, any of that. But what we did is we just really fed our kids as soon as they started solids around, you know, seven, eight months, somewhere in there. We fed them what we ate. So I really didn't tone down the spice, to be honest with you. Um, I gave my kids chili powder. I gave them all of that. And I think, to be honest, now they eat everything. So if you see something I post on Instagram, my kids are eating that. I'm not like making a separate batch and then adding the spice to mine later, you know, and and I think that's been really good for our family Um, when we travel, when we go out. My kids are less picky, so I don't have to worry so much about, you know, that being said, they're kids. So sometimes even if I make it, they might say, oh, it's too spicy or it's too this too that. But, you know, if they complain about the heat or whatever, we just give them some yogurt and say, <laughs> have a spoonful of that. <laughs> that that's my uh, mum's backup. There's always a pot of yogurt in the fridge ready for the food that's too spicy for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that giving your kids that gift of flavor, like that's a real, that is a gift really. I mean, as, oh, exactly. an, as an adult, I know my kids will appreciate that is something I wish my parents did for me. You know, believe it or not, I wouldn't even eat onions if I could see them until I was in my mid twenties. And then here I am ending up on masters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my parents just kind of forced me to eat anything and 
now I'm literally probably the most unpicky eater on earth. Like you can put anything in my face and I'll probably eat it. Yeah, and that's so, so great. Uh, it, it makes it so much better when you're going out to eat because you've just got an endless choice of things to eat. Exactly. And I just think it's a, it's a gift. I feel like when you can understand other people's food and, you know, it helps you understand their culture. It helps you understand them. And the world would just be a better place if people, you know, understood each other. And food is a definite way to make that happen, I believe. 100%. So I was going to ask you a simple recipe for Indian cuisine beginners. What would be kind of a... An, a really quick, easy recipe. Sure. I think my go-to would just be like a dry potato curry. So like an aloo masala, just simple um, boiled potatoes, kind of cube them up, a little bit of oil in that pan. If you can find it, mustard oil, that's what I would go with. Um, <laughs> some onion, a little bit of garlic and ginger, some cumin seeds, let those kind of sizzle, add some coriander powder, red chili, or some green chilies. I, the green chilies would be better. It's going to make it a little bit fresher. If if you don't have fresh green chilies, just toss in some toss in sorry some red chili powder, um, turmeric if you want it. You don't have to add it. Some salt and then just coriander leaf. And I think that is just a delicious curry to have with some roti. Um, you could put that with eggs as like a side. Anything like that is so good. I love spicing up my uh, potatoes i think it's there's so many different ways you can treat potatoes in indian cuisine yeah it's such a humble ingredient an inexpensive ingredient that i feel like you can just do so much with it is there any kind of dishes that aren't wouldn't, wouldn't say beginner dishes but just main dishes that, that you really enjoy cooking like your favorite dish oh my favorite dish has to be like a dumb biryani like a chicken biryani um that has to be my favorite. I have bought this brass pot from India on one of our trips there. So I like to cook it in the brass pot. And it takes, you know, a couple days to actually make this dish. You fry up the onions and I set those aside and then, you know, marinate the chicken, all of that. And I grind all my own spices for it. So it's a, it's a labor of love. I always joke that it takes me three days to make it and it's gone in like three minutes. <laughs> No, it's something so satisfying about making it it's like when you make a lasagna or you layer it all up yeah and then when you open it up it's just like this perfect steamy rice oh yeah i mean i put the bread around or like the dough around it too so when you crack it open and it just all that steam comes out and you just feel so accomplished <laughs> see what I, I actually done recently it's from atul kachar he actually um puts a the pilot on top so you don't actually use your lid oh yeah that's really smart and i was kind of hesitant because i thought it wouldn't keep the moisture in but it actually really does and it then you're not actually you know not using the you're eating the dough in the end as well so it just saves a bit of money yeah i think that's really smart stuff it is it's pretty delicious as well because <laughs> you get this spiced infused pastry which i've never tried before yeah do you do they use like a hot crust or is it just a short crust uh, it's it's like a really British lard filled short crust. Okay, nice. Uh, they, we like lard over here in all our pastry. Oh yeah, you know, before my grandma passed away, like literally one of the last things she told me, she was very concerned about pie crust. And one of the last things she told me was that I needed to use lard in my pie crust. And I think she told me that like 30 times. She was very <laughs> adamant that I use lard in my pie crust. I know it's going out of fashion a bit I think when you which is a shame yeah but it's probably better for everyone's health but other than that yeah but I mean anything in moderation is okay I think that's my whole belief 
So what kind of spices would help you kind of elevate some simple meals like scrambled eggs? I know that's a, a big thing to, you know, spice up eggs and oh sure uh, little omelets, things like this. So I think with eggs, like one of my favorite spices, I actually, I bought it in India, but it's not an Indian spice. It's just, I like to add piri piri to the eggs. That's really delicious. Um, but otherwise... Like my husband, he likes to make the kids what they call andaburji. So it's just scrambled eggs, but it's like a masala in the eggs. So you're adding some of those same spices I had told you, the cumin seeds, the coriander powder, the turmeric, a little bit of ground masala. You're adding a bit of tomato in there, some onions, and just scrambling the eggs up with all that masala. And it's super good. The kids really love it. It's a great one. Yeah, I mean, I really like is... um you get a piece of bread and then you uh, crack an egg, uh-huh. uh, mix it up, drop it into the pan, uh, obviously cook the spices off and then put the bread in and then wrap the egg in the bread. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like eggy bread. Yeah. It's sort of from the street food. That's one of my favorite things to eat because it's so simple, but it's really, really delicious. Yeah, like a kati roll too. I mean, those yeah. are super good too with the flaky paratha on top. And then I like I like to put leftover curry. Sometimes, you know, as a family of four, you occasionally, if we if I make something, I might have like a little bit of curry left, but not enough for everybody. So that's what I'll do is I'll make like a kati roll and just spread the leftover curry on top of the egg and in the paratha and then roll it all up. Nice. It's making me hungry. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> is there any kind of like American Indian dishes that that you like the most? Some, maybe some British influence as well. Sure. I mean, I personally, my cooking style is I like to do fusion, which I know is kind of a, a topic. Some people like it. Some people don't. I really think it's fun to put some of my own background into the dishes that I'm cooking. So like here in Minnesota, we have something called tater tot hot dish. Have you ever heard of tater tot hot dish? I've heard of tater tots, but not tater tots hot dish. Okay, you're going to have to Google this. Think of like a shepherd's pie, kind of, kind of, yeah. with tater tots on top. And then it's like cheesy too. And it's so good. It's like one of those foods that you grow up on. And most people maybe look at it and think it's kind of gross, but like it's so good. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, And so I've actually taken that and I've made like a keema which is a, you know, like a ground meat curry, basically. Yeah. And use that as my meat base, added in the vegetables, topped it with the tater tots, and kind of made like an Indo-American tater tot hot. We call it hot dish. Most places call it casserole. Do you guys use casserole? Is that a word for we? Yeah, we just call it pie. pie. I, I had this discussion like literally like two days ago uh, <laughs> with some of my work is when you put potato on top of something, do you call it a pie? Because we've got fish pie, we've got shepherd's pie, we've got cottage pie. Uh-huh. But then if it's something else, what do you call it? Because it's not a pie because it hasn't got pastry. Yeah. So then unless you could, uh, uh, there's no answer to it. You just call it pie. That's pretty much the best idea. Yeah, we'd call it hot dish. <laughs> I might start using that myself. Yeah, it's a good one. But most of America will say casserole. I think Minnesota is like the only place that says hot dish. I think it's weird because casserole for, for Britain people is no kind of pastry lid or mash uh, lid it's basically just a hot pot basically yeah that's what we call over here it's so interesting to know like all the how everything is so different you're talking about the same thing but there's so many different names that's kind of led me on to the perfect next topic which is 
Bengali Dimmer Devil because I saw that on your Instagram. Uh huh. And uh, I was absolutely fascinated because I absolutely love Scotch eggs. Oh, yeah. I thought that's a really interesting kind of, well, I wouldn't say take on it because it was already existed, but <laughs> it's an interesting style. Yeah. So when I first met my husband, I did not like hard boiled eggs. I just, I hated them. I wouldn't eat them. And then we were at some party and I am also one of those people that I don't want to say no to trying something because I feel like I don't want to like look like I'm being rude or whatever, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was, I was offered this hard boiled egg thing. I didn't know what it was at the time. And so I took it and I, I ate it. And the first bite I had, I was like, Whoa, what is this? This is amazing. And so then I decided I liked hard boiled eggs as long as they were encased in like spicy potatoes and deep fried. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically as far as the history of it, I'm not fully sure. It probably definitely has some British influence. You know, the Brits were in Kolkata. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is a Bengali dish. I've heard that they have different variations all throughout India. Um, but this one in particular, they, they cook the potatoes. It's just a really nice potato mix, kind of like the recipe I'd given you earlier, um, but mashed. And so yeah. it's cooked in mustard oil, typically, with panchfaron, which is the five Bengali spice mix. So it's like Bengali gram masala. Um, yeah. And they cook it in that. And then you basically take the hard-boiled eggs, cut them in half, and then wrap them in this potato mix. And then coat them in, you know, like, I use cornflake crumbs, actually, because I feel like it gives a really nice crispness to it. And then you deep prime and they're just, they're so good. I don't even miss the sausage in them, to be honest with you. I just feel like <laughs> that potato and the egg, it just feels like a whole meal. It's kind of like breakfast in your hand, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, that's the good thing about a Scotch egg. If you get a proper home cooked one, not the kind of tiny ones you get in the shop. Uh-huh. I don't know if they sell them in shops over there, but probably not. No, they're not but really it, a thing it, here. It, yeah, like all over. Every single shop in England has the kind of the, the really nasty dry ones that are in the packets and if you get one that you can buy from a, a proper british cafe restaurant that's been it's the yolk's still a bit runny and it's they're absolutely delicious oh yeah there is actually in our area there's kind of a competition going on um because people have started making this scotch bhaji and they've put okay. an egg the sausage meat and then they've put the, a bhaji mix on the outside and it's that absolutely delicious yeah, and then some people are leaving it without the sausage meat and just doing the onion badge. It's just those people are trying to compete to get the best one around the area. Oh, wow. I wish I lived there. I'd compete. <laughs> <laughs> I like so the good really... competition. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I haven't tried it myself. I might try to make it myself, but I try I try to limit my deep frying because it, all it does is just make a mess. Oh, it does. But... You know, but we actually... I don't like to fry. So if you look back on my Instagram a ways, I, like I said, I couldn't cook, right? I never grew up cooking. And so th the first time I decided to make samosas was probably, gosh, probably almost 10 years ago now, but I had made the samosa dough, everything. And then I went to deep fry them and I didn't know what I was doing. So I grabbed my spatula to take it out, but used the plastic spatula <laughs> so as I, as I, went to pull out my samosa just my spatula and the samosa just went back into the oil it just completely melted it was a total mess nice there you go you live and you learn oh yeah you won't do that again <laughs> samosa is quite a hard one to do first time though because i've done those quite a lot now and i had a 
an actual Indian chef teach me how to do them. Yeah. But if you don't get the fold right and if you don't get the temperature right, it can be a bit of a disaster. Yeah, the temperature, I feel like, is the big thing. I mean, that's why you see some of them that have, like, all those bubbles on the outside of it and everything. And that's just too hot of oil, you know? When you go to India yeah. and you have a samosa, it's like nothing else compares to what you get on those streets, you know? It's so good. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I've never been to India, but I, I can't wait to go one day to try like the proper street food. Oh, the street food is my favorite. People always laugh at me and they can't believe that I eat the street food, but that's like really what I want to eat. I feel like that's where you really learn about the culture of a place too. Um, in the homes, and but not at the restaurants. You're not really going to learn at the restaurants. I mean, even if you go to the restaurants in India, they're serving more British style curries than than what you would yeah, eat at like my mother-in-law's house you know yeah i can imagine because it's you know catered to, to british taste yeah well it, not british taste but kind of everyone but indian tastes exactly i mean not that it's not good because it's delicious but it's just different yeah um is there any kind of vegan or vegetarian recipes that you really like specifically vegan yeah so i would say a lot of south indian food i personally love south indian food and um the vadas are really nice probably my favorite is like this masala vada it's just like a a dal kind of lentil fritter i guess and then you dip it in chutneys and oh they're so good <laughs> you could just eat tons of those um dal is one of my favorite things to eat that, that's a really good i just literally just posted something on instagram about that one of the best vegetarian dishes, I think, Dal. Yeah. That flavor that you can get into it without meat. Well, and you can do so much with it too, you know. And I've learned a lot of little tricks too, like how you get some of that flavor. And and it just is practice, you know. The first doll you're going to make, it's probably not going to taste the greatest, you know. It's learning the spices. Once you kind of learn the spices and you learn the balance, the vegetarian food you can get in India, it's not going to – you don't need meat. Like you won't even miss the meat. Oh no! What I find crazy over there is when I look at kind of food tours. It's the fact that you know over here, vegans and vegetarians are kind of sidelined, mm -hmm. but it's the opposite over there. And how it's you know it's non-meat. That's what they call it because they have to say that they actually don't have that. They the restaurants. I've gone blank now. It's it's really confusing <laughs> when you say it. But basically, they do the opposite and they kind of prioritize the non-meat dishes instead of prioritizing the meat dishes. Yeah. Well, meat, I mean, even talking with my husband, like meat is kind of a luxury. I mean, he grew up in a, you know, middle class family. And even then, they would eat meat like once a week. You know, everything is yeah. everything is very, it's it's simple homey food. It's good food. It's the kind of food that it's going to stick to your ribs and make you full but it's not going to be that heavy protein, that heavy meat. Um, the part of the country my husband is from over near Kolkata, they eat a lot of fish. Uh, he grew up actually in Mumbai, so he loves his fish and everything, but he ate a lot of vegetarian food. He had a lot of friends that were vegetarian, so it's just easier sometimes too. Oh, I know hotspots. Um, Mumbai is a really good hotspot for cuisine. That's the top for street food. I know that. Oh, that yeah. New Delhi. And Kolkata. I mean, Kolkata, I feel like Kolkata has some of the best food. And the crazy thing is, like, the Bengali food, I think, you know, over in Britain and even here, a lot of the Indian restaurants are owned by Bangladeshis, so Bengalis. But yeah, they don't really cook their food. Like, most of the food they're cooking is Punjabi northern food, um, some Gujarati food, some of those more popular foods that people are 
are used to eating. But the Bengali food, there's there's something special about it. It's so different than a lot of the other areas in India. It's just it's small differences. They use a lot of mustard oil. It's the spice mixes they use. It's just so, so good. I wish that there were more restaurants focusing on some of that Bengali food. Uh, to be honest, when I think about it, there isn't like what I notice is because I've met a lot of Indian chefs that, um, that cook Indian food. A lot of them are Pakistani as well. So mm-hmm. there's a massive majority of Pakistani chefs cooking Indian food yeah. and not really cooking Pakistani food or Bengali food. Yeah. It's kind of, they're not, they, they do these switchabouts and just adapt to, you know, what's popular. But I think we, people should start kind of cooking their own cuisine because then they'll, then you know, they're, they're growing up with it and they know how to cook it properly. Well, and I think too, it's just introducing people to these flavors. I mean, some of these foods I would never taste unless I had married my husband, you know, I'm just never going to come across them. Like Deemer Devil, I probably would have never had a Deemer Devil if not for the way my life took me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and in my head, I'm like, why do restaurants not have this on the menu? This is incredible. Like, I feel like people would order this like crazy. I think, yeah, I mean, it, it's the point where it gets trendy or it kind of gets a bit too far out there. I, 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 I know that kind of South America isn't as keen on American, uh, Indian food. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and, so, and here it's open. It, People are starting to kind of open their minds to it a little bit more. But I think, you know, sadly, there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of just generalization about Indian food, you know, that yeah, the spices, they stink or whatever. And it's just it's so ignorant. You know, it's people that have just never been around it. Wait until they try a tikka masala and they'll change their mind. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A good butter so, chicken. <laughs> oh, exactly. That's that. Uh, you've honestly butter chicken tikka masala. That is just dairy ridden deliciousness. It is. Is there any kind of baking ideas that you like to do uh, with your kids as well? Yeah, in Indian inspired. So I mean, I tend to put a lot of Indian influence into a lot of what I'm baking, just because my husband likes it, and if he is more apt to try it, like it makes him feel better to have spice, I guess, you know? So, and once you learn to cook with spices too, I feel like it's really hard to not cook with spices. I'm always thinking, well, what can I put in this to make it taste a little bit better or to, you know, bring it up a notch or whatever. So I would say I use a lot of, you know, cardamom, pistachio, rose. I kind of hone in on those flavors, which are a little bit more Persian, but India has a, they use that quite a lot in Indian cuisine as well. Um, and yeah, I think with my kids, especially, I like to have them help me make like the rotis or to make the chapatis. I just give them a hunk of dough and let them roll it out. Um, that That's a skill for life, making those. Oh, yeah. Uh, I feel like you and, have to learn when round. you're young. <laughs> exactly. I'm catching up now because I had an Indian chef teach me how to do it. Uh-huh. And it took me a long time to, I don't know how they do it. It's still something I need to master is when they... When I see the, like the old Indian ladies, they're rolling it, but they're, they're turning the roti at the same time. Oh yeah, even I can't do that, oh, that very well. <laughs> I don't know how. It must be like a really specific surface they use or something, but it's crazy. I've tried so many times. Yeah, it's I just can't pressure. It. It's really just the pressure that they put on the rolling pin, and it because my mother-in-law can make it happen on almost any surface, you know. And I try, and I'm just like picking it up and moving it, and <laughs> but. 
No, roadies, they seem yeah. like such an easy thing, right? But it took me, gosh, it took me like seven years to be able to roll a perfectly circle roadie. I mean, and it's the puff as well. Yeah. You got to get that puff. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't puff, it's challenge. going to be a little bit crunchy and hard. It's almost more like a tortilla at that point, you know? Yeah, exactly. We're nearly, uh, nearly at the end. We're about 28 minutes. And so I'm, I'm going to finish it off with any kind of books, websites, and of course, your websites that you want to mention that you've kind of taken inspiration from? Sure. So my own website, um, I need to be better at updating it, but a lot of stuff is on Instagram. And that's just at Spiced Up Mom or www.spicedupmom.com. Um, as for books, I really like a book is called The Food of India. It's just a really big book that has a lot of different information in it. It was the book that I originally learned from. It was the only one my library had. Um, a lot of Indian books, it's hard until you're able to taste and develop that balance of spice. So Indian food can be kind of difficult, but I say just keep on trying. And once you nail it, nothing will beat it. That's truly what I believe. Yeah, I mean, you know when you've nailed it, when you just, you try that, you make that one curry and you just can't believe how good it is. Yeah. There's nothing like anything you've tasted in a restaurant. Oh, exactly. And it's, it and it's so hard to get a recipe to translate that just because, you know, spices are different. So your coriander is going to be different than my coriander. And, and it's really hard. You have to be able to use your own palate. So taste your food as you're cooking. That's That's like the big key to Indian cuisine. And smell just smelling as you're cooked too. Like I feel like now I'm to the point where I almost don't even have to taste it. I can just kind of take a whiff of the smell and that'll tell me if my spices are right. I go by the sound as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. when you fry in the spices, you kind of know how far to take them with the sound. Yeah. They'll sizzle and crackle. There you go. That's the best bit. It's satisfying. So satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show I'm going to end it here otherwise I'll just carry on going on forever because I don't stop <laughs> well thanks so much for having me Ben it was great to chat with you thanks for listening to listen again google that chef Ben slash the Harrogate food show you can also listen on Harrogate community radio Harrogate hospital radio and Spotify <laughs>